You're listening to Brown on Brand, featuring Matthew Brown on Thumbstopper.fm. All right, all right, all right. Back in the saddle here, Brown on Brand. I appreciate everybody tuning in. And uh, today I have a special guest, David Ebner, uh, for the second time. And welcome, David. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, coming off Synapse here for, you know, I guess several weeks now, the dust has kind of settled. We're back to normal, uh, as normal as normal can be right now with right. this coronavirus thing. And right. hopefully, uh, you know, love to get an opportunity to just talk, talk a little bit about it because it's really the chatter everywhere and, it, and it's very scary. But uh, I don't want to start off on a serious note. I'd rather just start off on really more of a branding note. And that is, is um, your business is Content Workshop. And we learned a little bit about it at Synapse, but I really wanted to drill in, kind of uh, have you walk us through again, kind of, you know, your background and how you got started. Yeah, for sure. So the the story of Content Workshop runs in parallel with my own story, right? So I was uh, in graduate school. I started in 2013, which is the exact year that we founded the Content Workshop. Uh, it, it really was designed as a group um for a group of writers to come together uh, that were doing freelance all over the place and coalesce, uh, not just to be able to offer like a larger suite of services to people because one person alone is a freelancer. There's a lot of project management for a company to, to deal with that. There's other pieces that come together for a piece of content that one person alone usually doesn't contribute everything. But additionally, we wanted to have uh, an environment where we could workshop content, Okay, right? You could give it to somebody who you trust as, you know, a thought leader or an advisor, and they could tell you where you're right and where you're wrong um, and help you make the best piece of content possible. So that's where it started. So we started okay. bringing in all these people that Building were, the processes of getting content right. Yeah, that, exactly. And yeah. there's a lot of work in that. A ton of work. Yeah. It, it's underestimated by most people. Um, so then it started to grow in time. Uh, and about two years ago, we made a bigger jump and a bigger investment to growing the brand. And uh, we started offering a wider suite of services. Um, and, and today we actually just yesterday announced it was our seventh year anniversary yesterday, which we're excited about. Um, we produced now over a thousand pieces of content yesterday was like 1003. I think our clicker is that. Yeah. So, uh, it's another exciting milestone for us, but additionally, we, um, we realized after assessing all that content that very little of it, actually only very little, only 60% of it was actually written word copy. Okay. The other 40% was creative. Uh, project management, oh, wow. strategy, all yeah. sorts of elements there. So we decided moving forward that the the name Content Writer Workshop really didn't fit the ethos of the company gotcha. anymore. Uh, so that's so, a recent change going to the mm-hmm. Content Workshop. Right, exactly. As yeah. of yesterday, really, the, the branding, oh, wow. we've changed our branding. We um, we finally got our hands on the, the Content Workshop URL, which was hard to get, uh, get negotiated down. We had a go through a bidding war to get, actually get that URL. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a process. So um, it was a full branding change, URL, yep. destination, everything. Yeah, full yeah, full, great. full change, yeah. Great. So you obviously drinking some of your own medicine in the creative side. Yeah, absolutely, right? Like we, you know, it's, it's a lot of times people associate um, content with, with different images, right? Like they think of stuff they consume on social media. They think of stuff they consume in a blog. They think of video content. But really we're trying to encapsulate all of that right okay. and talk about holistically what content is and this i think this this move that are we're you making, taking all kinds of scale of projects right so mm-hmm. if somebody you know when i think of content i could think of you know maybe a ceo wants to write a thought leadership piece or <clears throat> a piece of content that's either promoting an item or a piece of inventory or service um, when i think of content i think of 
you know, going through a website design or, mm-hmm. or a magazine article, you know, if you're talking in paper form, or is, is it a wide array of content that you're focused on or is there, is there a wheelhouse? Yeah. I mean, the most of what we do, um, is that reoccurring content to drive like brand affinity, right? So that's your, your everyday blog articles, your, your media, where you can yep. post something on a media outlet and draw people to your website. Um, that's, that's where we do most of our work, but we do a plethora of one-off projects. Okay. The reason that's most of the work is because companies hire us to do that as their content team ongoing, right? We do that for them for years. Got it. Um, opposed to come in and help me redesign this one piece. So that's a coming and going kind of project. Right. Right. Who's your perfect profile customer. I, I could sense that, uh, you know, having these uh, software companies and maybe not wanting an entire content team internally. Like, is there a, a wheelhouse for the customer side of it? Is it a big customer? Is it? Yeah, I mean, the clients that come to us and see the most benefit from the work that we provide are typically those companies who want to keep um, fixed expenses low. Yep. So they don't want the overhead of hiring all the staff. Yep. But they want a high quality product. Um, so when you do that, you have to find the best people that do that work. Um, that can be agile, move with your brand as you move over time. So software companies really do fit that mold a Got lot it. because a lot of them are private equity backed. Like you like the tech. Yeah, the tech is. I mean, we've yeah. done it for a long time for a lot of clients, so that's helpful too. So that fits like a nice mold um, for, yeah, yeah. for who we provide services to. But you know, we've. Content so what's the universal. deal with the seniors, identifying mm-hmm. seniors, this, this uh, article that I read that you recently wrote, what's what's that all about? Yeah, so that actually um, was something I wrote a while back that was about doing some research into the types of mediums in which seniors actually consume content. It's very okay. surprising. And it's based way more on behavior than yep. it is demographic, okay. right? So yep. who they are internally and, and how they interact with content online really doesn't have a lot to do with how old they are. Has a lot more to do with with characteristics of themselves. Okay. So we found people. Who, so characteristics within that age bracket. Absolutely. Demographics okay. are like we try to think of demographics like a cloud. Sure. And the persona is like the snowflake. They're all unique and different. They may come from a cloud, yeah. but they're no two are exactly the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so you're identifying the individual clouds, basically. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and what we found with that study was that we were we were trying to push, we're trying to build a new channel to engage um, our clientele was 70 plus. Yeah. Um, and everybody, all the research we read said social media is not where you're going to find and engage those people. But we took a risk on testing that vertical. And what we found was because these people specifically were searching for a solution and they were, for most of them, their only social outlet was online because they were disabled. They couldn't move. They couldn't go out and about. Okay. They're on supplemental oxygen, things like that. Okay. So their entire social life was on Facebook. Okay. So their engagement level was through the roof on a platform that typically you wouldn't go for. You wouldn't shoot to, to engage a 70-year-old individual. Wow, I never thought about that. Yeah, because it yeah. comes down to what specifically is going on in their life and their behavior as opposed to just the demographic. And so how does it bring into the content side of it then then somebody who would be able to identify those customers it might be you know a product that's marketing to them do you get into the design element of the the visuals as well yeah. as content really so yeah. content workshops not just about words. Oh yeah, yeah, we okay. have um we have we really offer three main solutions. We offer content strategy, um what to write, when to write it kind of thing. We we offer copy we offer full creative services. Okay. And now we actually ans- we announced yesterday we're going to start helping some brands who want to launch their own podcast as a content oh, distribution wow. channel get up and running. Oh, so that's great. Essentially, all they have to do, like they're, 
we're talking about companies who have very little technical knowledge and sure. don't have a team. So sure. help them find the right equipment for them. Yeah. Um, very basic. Help and them with the post-production side of it? Post-production, nice. um, pre-production, intro, outro kind of work. And then if oh, they wow. want to place advertisements, we'll help work with them. To um, Most of them are going to advertise their own brand uh, in, in services inside of the very podcast. Interesting. But yeah. Uh, if they have enough followers to to monetize their podcast, we'll help them. So, what's it like being such a young entrepreneur with so many responsibilities? Where do uh, you know what are the things that are most challenging to you right now in business? Yeah, I think the responsibility to um, the stakeholders is what weighs the heaviest on me. You've got shareholders, not not so much shareholders in the sense of okay. investors, but people who rely on me selling more solutions so they can pay their bills every day. Oh, employees, right? Employees. Yeah, okay, we we gotcha. deal with a lot of contractors yeah. and really. We're changing kind of our company a little bit. We do provide content services. I love that you call them stakeholders. They are. It's I mean, amazing. They really are. Yeah, it's um, an amazing term for it. Yeah, they're members of our team. They're, most of them yeah. are contractors, yeah. but nonetheless, they still rely on us to help build them up. I always say everybody wants to be the boss, but nobody wants to be the boss. And 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 what that really means, the undertone of that is the responsibility that yeah. comes. I'm glad you touched on that. It is big. And that's how we built our company. So our company, our core mission, which we actually rolled out a new one yesterday as well as it, we consider our goal is to, to help content creators thrive. So as much as we're delivering content solutions to brands and companies, that's great. What we really want to do at the end of the day is, is help people who want to be content creators elevate and thrive in the economy of the day. Got so it. we're doing that every day by me helping find customers for my team to service. Are all your people local? Do you have people all they're over all the over. place? Yeah, they're, they're all, all over. Yeah, they're all over the country, yeah. Nice. And if you got a cool way of patching in and seeing each other on video yeah. and yeah. Yeah. We have regular meetings. Um, we do some annual. Um, what do you use for the well? tech for that? Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out with remote people, what's the right tech? I'm putting Apple TV and Google cast on, uh, you know, every TV and with the cameras and we're still trying to get it right. But I can't figure out that flow of, you know, connecting mm -hmm. remote people correctly. Yeah, we, we utilize a couple different communication tools for that. I mean, we utilize Zoom for all of our um, meetings. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do the same. Yeah, because the screen share is super easy to pass between the user and the, the presenter, right, the, yep. the administrator. And then also uh, you can attend via phone or via right internet. But um, also, I know Zoom has all these other, like they actually have a phone service. They have Zoom rooms now. Oh, yeah. I've seen uh, in a couple offices I've gone to, they've got like the TVs connected and cameras oh, yeah, all over. Yeah. It's really cool. I've seen the booths that they have set yeah. up now that you can go into and they're quiet and mm -hmm. you can connect the call. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, so that's what we utilize. But for I wish somebody could figure out, and maybe somebody out there will or already has and they can message me later, but a tool that will utilize all of those meeting functions that I need for video conferencing as well as chat into okay. one tool. Um, yeah, we utilize yeah. Slack for communication. Yeah, but we, do, we use Slack. It's great, easy, and it's free for us because right now we don't yeah. need all the extra bells and whistles. Oh, yeah, in um, the tech space, it really works well. It's so simple, so yeah. fast, and, and utilizing that tool both on my phone and, and on my computer, like it's just so seamless between the, the interfaces. I wonder if we have to acknowledge that's not a plug for Slack. Not a plug. But we do but love they, it. Yeah, if they but want to advertise, I'm sure we would, you know. Yeah, right have a conversation, but the, uh, you know, those are the tools we use and I don't like my team having to jump into multiple tools. Yeah. That is like the, one of my pet peeves. Right. And we actually used to use a different tool for project management that had like had chat built into it, yeah. but it wasn't, it didn't have all the automation what was features. It, it was uh base camp. We used oh, to yeah, use base yeah. camp, but yep. it doesn't have all the automation pl uh, features that I need to have. It was hard to get off of base camp. Base really camp tough. was fun. Base yeah. camp was cool and it was really yeah. hard to migrate away from. But we did, and we moved to Monday uh, yep. now, which is um, way more advanced. Um, yeah. The functionality uh, is is just great. It's more expensive, 
of sure. course, but my team can, I can automate tasks for people at a higher uh, ability. So let me switch gears. Yeah. The, uh, what's your opinion on whether brand is dead? Oh man, that's a little like, and, and let me maybe dig in a little bit deeper. Um, so I, I see this transition of goods that are coming out in the market and, and I'm ordering this new clothing line I'm in love with. It's it's called, I'm not sure what's wrong with my mic, but anyway, it's called Built, B-Y-L-T. And it's for, you know, it's got the longer torso shirts, et cetera. And, um, you know, I see, you know, these statistics, right? 52% of consumers are learning about a new brand on social media. And I see that sometimes brand is competitive enough where the younger generation, you know, they're not they're not glued into any brand. Longer gone are the days like my father loved, you know, bow tie cars, and mm-hmm. and um, you know his friend loved all Ford cars, American Muscle. You know, I'm trying to think of something that's nostalgic enough. Right. And you know, does any of that survive today? Like, does it? Like, we work with a lot of brands, and I think there's brands that are making a big impression impression with recognition, but is it, is it slowly decaying the brand loyalty? I think, um, branding has always been about what, again, to go back to the, what we previously were talking about, like what's in it for me, like you associate the value with the brand. You think, look at brands that have existed over time, which have no reason for people to have affinity to other than the quality of service they got from them. And they just gravitate right towards it. Right. Um, you can put anything actual, like on a, as far as like the visual aspect of a brand is less relevant than how you feel when you engage with the product, which makes you feel the same way when you see the brand, you know, the the visual representation. So today I think it's not, it's not so much that brands, people are less loyal or brands are dead, that it's just so much easier for new brands to pop up and and entrench loyalty quickly. Yeah, I agree. So they can just come out of nowhere. Um, and provide a great solution that's just a little bit easier or more convenient. Sometimes it's yeah. not cheaper. Sometimes it's yeah. not even a better solution. It's just more convenient. Good. So are you worried about this coronavirus? Uh, yeah. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I, um, is, I'm supposed to be getting on a plane um, a week from today to go to Paris. And that just got canceled yesterday. Yeah, that's not happening. Not happening. Yeah. Um, even after all of this started to, to creep up, we were still going to go because my girlfriend and I are a couple young people. Like We're like, well, if we get you know, quarantined in Paris, like there's worse places to be. Yeah. I'd rather be there than here quarantine. Right. So yeah, uh, we, were, we were just going to go. And then tomorrow or yesterday there was the, the president made the announcement that they're canceling travel. There, yeah. there was some confusion about it being um, U.S. citizen travel versus foreign travel, but they're going to end yeah. up canceling all of it ev- eventually. So, and there are, you know, a lot of those areas are in lockdown now and yeah, quarantine. Like what can you so do? What we talk like they stuck in a hotel, stuck in a hotel. Yeah. And are the restaurants even going to be open or I doubt like, it. Yeah. I doubt it. So it's unfortunate, but I was doing some math. I had a friend of mine. Um, she's she uh, made a post on 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 Facebook where she was asking, like, "Am I just not getting this? Why are people freaking out so much?" And I like, through I don't I don't utilize social media for my own purposes a whole lot. I do it for business purposes, but not for yeah, me. Safe. Yeah. So, I, I unfortunately know. get drawn into the trolling myself. And it happens. It's tough. So I I actually made a comment probably for the first time in I don't know five years. But I just like gave out the numbers to her about like if as many people in the U.S. got coronavirus as get the flu this last season of the flu, we'd have over a million people would die compared to 20,000 yeah. that died from the flu. Yeah. So if we're not doing something to help curb that, then how are we? It's public trust. I got to tell you, I think we're, we've been slow to react. Yeah. And, I, and I I'm, real, I'm disappointed um, in the things that I'm hearing and seeing. And you can't believe everything that you hear and see. 
I think that's dangerous. That's some the of the problem. stuff that's out there. Yeah, that's also the problem with disseminating proper information right now because people don't it trust is. sources at all. Well, and and that's been a tone that's been you know kind of cast out. You know what is you know it's why it's dangerous, right? It's why yeah. free media it's important because we need this information as a society. But it, it is scaring me as well. I mean, I'm going to ask the employees to work remote if they yeah. feel like they. But I, th- I think this is. I've been you know alive 47 years now, and I haven't seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping. Um, I'm hoping the people that are in power and in charge can you know react accordingly and help help you know keep everybody as safe as possible. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so thanks, David. Uh, spending a few uh, minutes here with Alicia, who's filling in for Emmanuel on our social roundup. All right, um, the first one, I know this is near and dear to Matt's heart. Um, should businesses be using influencers? This article is by Susie Hood, um, and uh, this is from hitsearchlimited.com. Uh, talks about um, how influencers are a big part of digital marketing strategies and you know, they're more at the whim of the social media networks that they post on. It used to be that influencers had their own blog with a lot of great content. Mm-hmm. Um, and now really they're posting quick content on social. Um, where do you guys see influencers as part of a brand marketing strategy? Yeah, I think we, I, I think it's interesting how we categorize influencers and define them as social media influencers because influencers have been around forever. I mean, the yep. first, um, the first baseball bat was um, was sponsored by a, um, a a baseball player, right? Yeah. The Louisville Slugger, when it came out, was sponsored by a baseball player. Every sponsorship and an endorsement from a celebrity is really influencer yeah. 101, yeah. right? It's it's It takes a lot of evolutions over time. And even brands who sponsor like conventions and other places are really looking for that greater brand to be an influencer yeah. for their clientele. So it's really just about how you use it. Now that we have social medias available to us, we think of influencers as a social outlet, but from having a guest writer on your blog that has more influence over your audience than you do to, you know, having a celebrity uh, endorse your product, that's all influence um, that they're selling at that point. Man, influencer is so wide. It's like, it's like you said, I mean, they used to sell cowboys to sell cigarettes. That's right. right? And, um, you know, so what is an influencer today? And is it, a, is it the rock with under armor? Is that an influencer? Is it Kylie with the lip fillers? Is it the best BMX rider? Um, you know, selling the, whatever the titanium posts are for bicycles or pedals or parts or whatever, you know, um, is it, I mean, I could get, I could go way off script <laughs> with some crazy influencer uh, but like, what is an influencer? Like what I, you know, I'm not following. I think it's just a name for somebody that you have on your commercial and or promoting a product, um, for either monetary reasons or because it's something that they want to do to make a difference in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. Like if you're working with animals, you know, some of these famous people that, that have the empathy for that have been able to give their services and influence people to give their money to, you know, save, uh, you know, what happened in Australia. So what, I don't know, you know, there's so many definitions of influencers. Do I think it'll always be a thing? I think it's always been a thing. Yeah. I think, um, we'll we'll see some interesting evolution here over time. I I find influencers, um, a lot of people don't focus on the confluence of how an influencer meets the, um, so we have this saying at, 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 at uh, content workshop that 
for something to be successful, a campaign to be successful, very typically you have to focus on the message, the medium, and the influence, right? Yep. So like you have, uh, the message has to match the medium, right? Whatever medium you're putting the message out on, it has to be one that's intuitive for people to consume that content in right. that place um, or they're going to bounce away. Yeah. And um, on top of that, if you don't have influence over the audience to say the message that you're trying to like deliver, yeah. then you're going to bounce away too. So when you have these yeah. influencers or simply just have an audience, that, yeah. but they don't specifically uh, prescribe to them for any other reason than they're popular, um, then whatever solution they're trying to sell is going to fall flat to a large component of the population that I, follows them. I agree. There's a huge science behind it too, right? Because you could have a fantastic influencer and a horrible production of the influence that they're making, right? Whatever, choreography, uh, mm. internet connection, if you go live. I mean, there are so many things that have to come together for that influencer to potentially even be successful. What are your thoughts on those uh, companies mm. that uh, where you would cr create like a brief for influencers and they create the content themselves and post it? To your point about the... Yeah, I mean, David probably can speak to that better than I can, but I mean, being on the full side of the creative and the, the work that goes into it, and I'm sure that you've had to delve into whether you need an influencer to, to promote that content, right? Yeah, I mean, the the bottom line, the um, whatever you're promoting, whether you have a brief or not about creating that content, the, the, the product or the solution has to match why people are following that person in the first place. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't, if it, this person just posts very uh, captivating pictures and then there's a product that comes out there that doesn't align with the reason why I follow that person, right. it's still gonna fall flat. But there's a lot of it's a I mean, science. Like a there's science. a whole science do, behind a, it. It's an equation. It's a mathematical yeah, equation. It really that is. People just ignore it, I think, quite a bit because there's a lot of I mean, brand awareness is is a real thing, right? Getting yeah. more people to see your brand is a real thing. For like large national brands that are, you know, business to consumer, that's a that's a real thing. Pepsi, you know, big, you know, soda companies, stuff like that. But for most people, there's a ton of what I call vanity marketing, where people like oh, to yeah. see their brand out there in the place. Oh yeah, and it just mm -hmm. serves no purpose other than the executive feels good about it. Like, and maybe that's what's got me, you know, tainted on influencers yeah. is you see them used incorrectly. Yeah. I'm getting a kick out of like Dale D'Antoni, riffraff. You know, you watch this guy and he's influencing his whole persona and making himself famous and his brand. And I mean, he's just the most ridiculous thing in the world and it's just entertaining. It's yeah. awesome. Some of it's entertaining. So we also have another, just to keep coming back to the company here. We also have this saying, we use the three E's. Yeah. Every piece of content needs to be entertaining. It needs to be educational and it needs to be engaging. Yeah. And in that order, if it's not entertaining, it doesn't matter what you're trying to educate them on. They're going to drop right. off. Right. So they're not reading a textbook uh, to write the, the, the report in, you know, 10th grade or whatever it is. Right. So you have to entertain them. Yep. You have to educate them. And then you have to give them a way to act and you have to build your content around that flow um, to be successful. By the way, work. that's who could use your work is the whole education field oh, yeah. being rewritten so people can pay attention to it. Yeah. History yeah, class sucked. Yeah, it's terrible. And they're, yeah. they're seeing the value of... Uh, I mean, I'm watching all these movies, and now it's like, <laughs> wait, my history teacher didn't... We should have just watched movies in history class. Yeah, I mean, and, and remote um, access to education is so big right now, not only because sometimes there's campuses close, uh, but yeah. other times, you know, we, we want to consume the content that we want to consume where we want to consume it on our own time. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole evolution there to happen, I think, yeah. for sure. It is a crazy subject, and, and like I said, we've had it before... And I'm going back and forth. I've oscillated on it, but it's just, it's, I'm glad we talked about it today because it's a, it's more than just the influencer. It's the whole package and science and, 
you know, that comes to, to deploying it correctly. All right, that's it. That's it. All right, we're rounding them up. The uh, All right, welcome back to season two. And thank you, David, for joining us today. And thanks for stepping in for Emmanuel, Alicia. And that is it. Thanks for listening. And remember, subscribe to Brown on Brand at thumbstopper.fm or wherever fine podcasts can be found.